0: God, are you a narcissist? I asked him. My heart felt sad as I asked the question because a person who wants all attention and admiration to be on him is a narcissist, and that's not an admirable human characteristic. And God calls our attention to him and commands our worship. Is God a narcissist? Immediately to soothe and satisfy my sad heart, God's answer rose from within me. If I will not worship God, I will worship and chase after what is not good for me, things that would lure me in to deceive me, enslave me, harm me. Worshiping God is a safeguard for me to keep me from evil and the way of death. He draws my full affection toward Him, so that I can experience his full heart of love for me. He is jealous in his love for me. I saw and felt his heart for me in that moment, and I knew without a doubt that his command to worship him is for our good, and he is worthy of the worship he is asking from us. This is the Move Your Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Val Brown. Once again, I invite you to come exactly as you are in how you think, how you feel, and how you're living your life at this very moment. Before this broadcast ends, I trust that you too will conclude with absolute certainty that God is not a narcissist for commanding us to worship Him. Rather, His call to worship is His call for us to come close to Him, to be loved, And to love him in return for who he is and for all he's done for us. I welcome you to the conversation today, my friend. Let's invite the living God, creator of the heavens and the earth and all that is, who wants a relationship with us to come to us now to reveal himself to us. And yes, Lord, this is what we are asking. Let's begin our conversation with the command to worship as we see it in scriptures. I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures today in fact, but I know that it will do your heart good. In the Bible we have commands to worship God. We're going to discover why it's in our best interest to give him first place in our affections, not setting our love on the people and things of this world not seeking our own honor and praise. Have you heard of the Ten Commandments? Well, the First and Second Commandments, and they are recorded in Exodus 20, verses 1 through 3, begins with God speaking to the Hebrew people whom he had chosen as his own, who, because of disobedience, had become the slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. In this passage, God is speaking to his rescued people. He had brought them out of Egypt. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Here's the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. And the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carved image These commandments came from the God of heaven who heard the cries of his people who had been enslaved for 400 years, whose life conditions had become desperate, and he came to Moses, who would be the man through which he would rescue them. He gave Moses and the enslaved people the name by which they would know him, I Am. In offering this name, he was also offering a relationship for God Himself would be everything they needed as they journeyed out of slavery into freedom and into all God planned for them. I am the Lord your healer, I am your deliverer, I am your provider, I am your protector and more. How does this pertain to us today? Well, God offers us a rescue from slavery. To those who have received him as Lord, the rescue has happened, at least the initial rescue, and he will continue to rescue us in day-to-day life. As I prepared this message, I believe I have fresh revelation from the Lord for an area where I struggle, and that is life can command my attention, and that often clutters my mind and makes me feel overwhelmed, resulting in my mind being taken away from God, my help. I feel God saying to me, If you will physically bow your knee before me, your mind will be released from distractions to focus on me, and in your your submitting yourself to me, all your circumstances bow in submission to me. And to that, my heart responds, I will be mindful of your call to me to also physically bow. And I'm thankful for this encouragement from him because without fail, when I am in a quieted, submitted posture, I sense his presence with me and his word and songs rise from within me and I am helped. So I say, thank you, Lord. If you don't know God as your Lord and Savior, let the Spirit of God reveal to your heart how you are living enslaved. We're going to look at a really important scripture, and this uh, comes from Ephesians chapter 2, and it's verses 1 to 10, and I will read them to you. This is uh, concerning our condition before we accept Jesus as our Savior, at first anyway, and then it goes on. From bondage, from our enslavement to the dark ruler in this world, his name is Satan. And to be free from all the bondages of sin and from our human nature that draws us to things that hurt us. And he wants us joined to himself and seated in heavenly places with him. He is good and kind and he has a good purpose for our lives. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 28, Jesus reinforced God's commandment to love him above all. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit into eternal life? He, Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he, the lawyer, answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he, Jesus, said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind gives us life. Once again, worshiping God is for us, not because God is a narcissist. And then Jesus, as he lived in this earth as a man, modeled for us worship of God. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, And this is uh, when Jesus was ready to start his ministry and the Spirit of God sent him out into the wilderness to be tempted. So Satan came to tempt Jesus to worship him to gain things in this world. So I'll read that for you now. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you, then, will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he, this is the devil, took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle or the high place of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you and on their hands. They will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So do you see how Jesus was refusing to follow Satan and even refusing all of the things that that Satan could have given him because things had been turned over to him after the fall of Adam and Eve? But in verse 8, remember he said, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Know with certainty that Satan does tempt us to love and pursue the things of this world. We can imitate Jesus and reject, desiring in a worshipful way, the things of this world. We must be on guard against these temptations. For even if we would gain it all without God, our future would be death and eternity without God. Let's instead worship the Lord our God with all our heart and pursue Him. A lifestyle of worship begins with a relationship with God. If you haven't made Him your Lord, how can you do that? Well, for that... We're going to look at Jesus' words as recorded in John three sixteen to 21 and then we'll go to a, a second passage. But in John 3, starting in verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. And then we're going to turn over to Romans, and this is chapter 10 and verses 9 through 11. And it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses, and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So the uh, lifestyle of worship begins with relationship. So we confess with our mouth, Jesus, you are Lord, and I believe in my heart that you came to die on the cross to save me. And then we cry out for that mercy and forgiveness. And we say, Lord Jesus, save me, for I am a sinner. We humble our hearts and we agree with the report of God and with the work that Jesus has done for us. So we believe in our heart, we confess it with our mouth, and then we bow our hearts and then we invite him to come in as our Lord and our Savior. So that's how our relationship begins. Now, once we are in a relationship with him, let's take a look for the proper position that we should have before God. And I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which, was, which is yours in Christ Jesus, in other words, we should be expected to have this mind, who, though he was in the form of God, So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And in James chapter 4 verse 10, we have a promise. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will exalt you. In other words, he will be the one to lift you up. In contrast to that promise that the Lord will lift up the humble before God, Jesus gives a stern warning to those who refuse to humble themselves to receive his offer of salvation by his death on the cross for mankind. His words are recorded in Matthew 7. Verses 21-23 to Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And this is the word from Jesus himself. This is the word that will stand. Either we will humble ourselves and receive him, or no matter what good works that we do, even in his name, if we do not know him as Lord of our lives, He will say, I never knew you. He he will know of us, but he will not know us as one of his own, and we will have to walk away. So make this choice. Humble humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And in this case, he will exalt you to enter into eternal life with him. And it will be very, very good. Don't be deceived. God knows all who have honored and received Jesus as their Lord. And our final scripture is in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. It says Grace to you and peace from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. These are things that are, have been settled in heaven since before anything else was made. This is the will of God, that all things will honor Jesus Christ. He is the ruler of, king, uh, of the kings on earth, and every knee will bow to him. In closing, let me give you the Oxford Dictionary definition of a narcissist. A person who has an excessive interest in, or admiration of, themselves. Narcissists who think the world revolves around them. Let me ask you, in light of what you've heard, do you think God is a narcissist? I don't. He doesn't fit the description. His excessive interest is our well-being. And his eye is always on us, not on himself. And the world actually does revolve around him. He truly is the only one who deserves our highest praises and worship from our whole hearts. Friend, have you heard God's personal call to you today to receive him as Lord in your life, to set your affections on him to worship Him as the Most High God. Remember, worshiping God is our safeguard to empower us to pull away from the deceptions that lure us away from His perfect love and provision so that we live a life without God in it. And that is, is sad for down here, and it has greater repercussions in eternity. So, we don't want that. So, if I could just offer a small prayer for you and then ask you to take it from there, that you would have your own conversations with God. But I bow my heart before the Lord God of heaven and before Jesus, our Savior. And we commit the words that we have spoken to you and to the words that I've spoken to my friend. And I pray, Lord, that your spirit has been received into them, that they have believed the report of the word that is written, even the word from Jesus himself, and the word that Jesus is speaking to their hearts. And I do pray for a response, that there would be a bowing down, and that there would be an offering of of my friend's heart, even a lifting up of hands and an expression of lifting up our hearts toward you, Lord God, that we would say, you are God and we are not, and we need you. We need you as Savior for the beginning of our relationship, and we need the ongoing work of you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior. So we commit all these lives into your hands, Lord Jesus. Draw them to the Father that they might know you, and that they might walk here in this life with you and be with you forever in the next. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So friend, I want to thank you for joining me in this episode. And aren't we glad to conclude that God is not a narcissist. He is just a very jealous God who loves us so very much. God bless you.